My text this morning is in 1 Kings chapter number 3. If you have your Bibles with you, please join me in 1 Kings chapter number 3. A little background of this story, we find one of the first acts of Solomon after he became king and after he prayed and asked God for wisdom and an understanding heart. Uh, to me, this is one of the most intriguing stories in the Bible where Solomon judges between two harlot mothers that one of them lost their child in the middle of the night and uh, the other one's child was still alive. And they're standing before Solomon and they're arguing over who the baby belongs to. We'll pick up reading in verse number 24. And the king said, bring me a sword. Uh, can you imagine how that all the people in the king's court, when the king said, bring me a sword, and he's judging between two mothers and a little baby that's standing before him, they had to have probably been scratching their head, very intrigued. What's, what's the king getting ready to do? And in verse number 25, and the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her, upon her son. And she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it neither be mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. What I want to speak to you here this morning on Mother's Day is celebrating the natural affection of mothers. Uh, most of the celebrated women of our day in America, sadly, are not godly, virtuous women. Uh, they resemble more a Jezebel or perhaps a Herodias uh, who danced before Herod, uh, the mother that would abort her baby, certainly we would have to put that in the category of unnatural affection. Solomon knew that there is something extremely powerful about the unnatural affection of a mother. And I'd like to say this morning that a woman who is a good mother deserves a special day. I understand that all of the special days that we celebrate, that much of it has become commercialized. It's an excuse to sell flowers. It's an excuse to, to sell gifts. And uh, certainly there is a lot of marketing when it comes to special days. But there are still a handful of very special days that deserve celebration. And I believe that Mother's Day is one of those special days. What should mothers be celebrated for? First of all, I'd like to say for their love and protection. Uh, no one tries to protect their children more than a good mother with natural affection. In fact, Jesus Christ Himself said in Matthew 23 and verse number 37, listen to this, He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. 
Jesus uses the supreme example of a mother hen trying to protect, trying to gather in her little chickens. And that's exactly the way a good mother is. No one loves and no one protects better than a good, naturally affectioned mother. Fathers love their children as a general rule, but the father's love cannot be compared to the love of a mother. I read about a Shunammite woman back in uh, Elisha's days. And, you know, when her husband, when her son, uh, said, my head, my head, and he, and he, he became sick and ultimately died, it wasn't daddy that went running for the man of God. It was this woman who said, I'm going to go see the man of God. I think about Rizpah. The, uh, the mother of those sons that were descendants of Saul, that when the curse came and the Gibeonites, they said, the only way that we will, uh, the, we will relieve you of this curse is if seven sons of Saul are hanged upon a tree. What a heartbreaking story that must have been and how Rizba would go out there and keep all of the, all of the fowls away from her dead sons that were hanging. There is nothing more powerful than the natural love and protection of a godly mother. Rudyard Kipling, famous poet of years gone by, said this. He said, if I were hanged on the highest hill, I know whose love would follow me still. Mother of mine, mother of mine. If I were drowned in the deepest sea, I know whose tears would come down to me. Mother of mine, mother of mine. If I were damned by body and soul, I know whose prayers would make me whole. Mother of mine, mother of mine. Mothers should be celebrated for their natural affection of love and protection. Secondly, we need to celebrate mothers with natural affection for their impact on our lives. You know, there's an old cliche that says the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Certainly, certainly we understand the powerful impact, the influence that a mother has upon her children. I read about Susanna Wesley, the mother of the great preacher John and Charles Wesley, and many, many stories could be told about how that she was so rigid in their character and in their religious upbringing. And certainly both those men would attribute their success as men of God to the fact that their mother was so uh, rigid and strict in their godly training. Abraham Lincoln was asked, how did you get this country through such a horrible thing like the Civil War? You know who he attributed it to? He attributed it to his mother. I read in the Bible that Paul wrote about Timothy. And he said that, uh, he said to Timothy, and I paraphrase, I recognize the unfeigned, I re- recognize the real sincere faith that's in you, Timothy. And I remember that it first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and it also dwelt in your mother Eunice. You see, Timothy had a real unfeigned, it wasn't fake faith because he had a mother and a grandmother that had real faith in Jesus Christ. 
Oh, listen, what a powerful impact that mothers have on our lives. I've heard Dr. Jack Hiles, a great man of God, of uh, really not too many days ago, and uh, he would talk about how that as a child growing up, his daddy was a drunk, but his mother was a godly woman. And he would tell story after story of how as a teenager he'd be out and he'd be getting ready to give in to a temptation, to yield to the to mischief. And mommy would be at home praying and begging God to protect her son. Someone asked him, why didn't you do what everybody else was doing? He answered, he said, I was afraid of mama. And you know, that is a powerful, powerful influence. I think about the influence that my own mother has had on my life. As a five-year-old boy, she was the one that took me to a gospel-preaching crusade. And as a five-year-old boy, I heard the gospel, I understood the gospel. And you know, I I wanted to, the, the first night, God spoke to my heart. And then the second day, I kept saying, are we going to go back to the crusade? Now, five-year-old kids don't necessarily get excited about going back and hearing preaching or going to church. But I wanted to go back. And my mom wasn't planning on taking me. And my grandmother recognized that God was doing something in my heart. And she said, Darlene, you better take him. Now, I don't know what kind of plans that my mom canceled, but she canceled them. And her and I went to that little, uh, that stadium, high school ball stadium. And I heard that gospel message again. And I looked at my mom at the invitation and I said, Mom, can I go forward? And she said, sure, son, but you're going to have to go by yourself. She had wisdom. She knew that uh, as a five-year-old boy, I didn't need to yield because I'm impressionable and just do something because somebody's asking me to do it. In my mind, that little high school sports stadium, in my mind it was as big as Yankee Stadium. And I mean, that field looked like it was so far down there. But I go look at it today and it was just just a hop, skip and a jump. But I, I walked down those bleachers, those stairs, and went out on that ball field. And that counselor knelt with me over a metal folding chair and opened up the Bible and led me to Jesus Christ. It was my mother who had the wisdom to take me to hear the gospel, and I thank God that she did that. As a teenager, I got discouraged and I got frustrated with Christianity and with church, and I decided that I'm going to head out into the world and I'm going to enjoy the things that the world has to offer. And I hadn't been going down that path very long. And one week after I got my driver's license, I was driving. It was the first party that I went to. And I was driving my sister's Chevy Love pickup. I rolled it two or three times. I mean, when you're rolling a vehicle, you're not counting. But I rolled that vehicle Fortunately, no one was hurt. I was reminded of this last night when Brother Terry was talking about he had three, he's got three grandchildren that just uh, were in a car accident and the car rolled two times and uh, one of his grandsons had two stitches in his eyebrows. Nobody else was hurt. And I say, praise God. What a blessing that God protected. And you know, even though my heart wasn't right with God, God protected me from that accident. I got home later that night, and in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to fix this? 
and my mom is doctoring my shoulder. And nobody really got hurt in that accident other than I had a big, big gash in my left shoulder. And my mom's doctoring that shoulder. And she pauses from, she's putting something on there that I'm sure it stung really, really bad. And she pauses and she looks, steps back and she looks at me and she says, Son, you know, God's trying to get your attention. You know, she didn't have to tell me that, but when she did, I remember bowing my head and I said, I know, Mom, I know. Because she was right. God was trying to get my attention. And I thank God that my mom had enough discernment, enough perception, and enough love for me that she would utter those words. And that was a reference point in my life. I didn't get right with God until four years later. But those words of my mother echoed in my mind day after day after day. Son, God's trying to get your attention. And I knew she was right. Thank God for the impact of godly mothers. My last point here this morning, we need to celebrate the natural affection of good mothers. Number three, for making our houses into homes. What a blessing that mothers are that take a house and, you know, you can have a beautiful, nice, fancy, expensive house, but it takes a mother to turn that house into a home. I remember the smell of home that mamas make. I think about cookies. I think about bacon. Man, just this morning, my daughter and my wife, they've been doing some stuff in the kitchen, and I did some work outside and come walking back into the house, and you open the door, and you know what you smell? You smell home. And what a wonderful, wonderful smell that mamas make. I think about the decorations, and you know, I I thank God that my wife, she does a great job of decorating our home but she respects the fact that she married a man. <laughs> and I'm glad she, she, she does some very tasteful decorations, but she doesn't make it all feminine and foo-foo. And I still can enjoy it as a man, but she does a great job making our house, decorating it. And just the little touches that she does that take a little extra effort, little extra creativity, And sometimes we take those things for granted, but thank God. I mean, you could live in a warehouse and still have shelter from the rain, and you could still have the the temperature controlled, but a mama will take a house and turn it into a home. A man visited a church in Memphis one time. As a first-time visitor, the pastor began to talk to him and try to get to know him and asked him a few questions. He said, where are you from, sir? He said, well, I was born in Baltimore, but um, I moved around most all of my life. So he said, I guess I'd have to say that wherever mother was, was home. I think about my own life, and I did a little bit of tallying up, and from the time that I was born until the time that I left home, we moved on the average of once every 1.6 years. Every year and a half, we're either living in a different city or a different home. I know some of you were grew up in the military, and you can certainly relate to that. I didn't grow up in the military, but my dad was a truck driver, and then he became a, 
a pastor. And so a whole life, it just seemed like that we were moving around because dad was either trying to find work so that he could provide or when he was pastoring, uh, the circumstances uh, in uh, his day and age is churches just didn't keep pastors very long. So we moved around so much. I think about times when dad wasn't making much money. And uh, they would find a house that was uh, that needed a lot of work done. And uh, my mom would go in there and she'd start cleaning and she'd start painting walls and she'd start doing things. And she would take a house that when you first went and looked at it, you'd just look around and say, I don't want to live here. And my mom would take that house and make it into a nice home to live in. The last house that uh, my mom and dad lived in together was a house just like that. They they did some side work for uh, a guy who owned a lot of property, and he told my dad, he said, you know, he said, I've got this house, and it needs a lot of work done to it. But he said, if you'll do the work to it, then I'll give it to you, or I'll let you rent it really, really cheap, and I'll provide all of the materials. So mom and dad took him up on that offer, and boy, that house was in rough, rough shape. And uh, at the time, my uh, my daughter and my son were still real young. And uh, my son, Josh, who, praise the Lord, is with us here today, um, he, he made a statement when we drove by that house one time after my dad died, after they didn't live there anymore, and he always called it Graham's Trash House. <laughs> and now it wasn't a trash house after they got done, but it sure was a trash house when they moved in. I think about the work and the care that my mom put into that house to turn it into a home. We should celebrate mothers with natural affection who do such a great job of turning a place that's really just two by fours and sheetrock and shingles and they turn it into a very, very special place that we call home. As I close this morning, I, I can't help but think about the text that I read at the beginning of the sermon about how Jesus looked at Jerusalem and He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I, I would love to just gather you under my wings like a mother hen does her little chickens. And I think about the comparison between a good mother with natural affection and the comparison with her and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, Jesus should be celebrated today for the very same reasons. I talked about the love and protection of a mother. Boy, that describes our Savior, Jesus Christ. No one loves you as much as Jesus Christ. No one went through what uh, Jesus went through other than Him in order to save our soul, in order to demonstrate to us how much that He wants to save us. He suffered. In fact, He said, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Oh, listen, it would be easy. Oh, let me back up. It wouldn't be easy, but it would be possible to die for someone that meant someone. Many people, in fact, mothers have given their lives for their children. Fathers have done the same. People have died for their friends. You will, you will be willing to sacrifice for someone that's special to you. But the Bible says that Christ died for us even yet while we were sinners. 
God looked down upon us and loved us and He sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Listen, He didn't say, hey, clean yourself up and then I'll die for you. He died for us exactly the way that we are as sinners. Hey, no one loves like Jesus Christ. Secondly, I think about the impact of mothers and I think about the impact that the Lord Jesus Christ has had on our lives. Oh, my life was a mess when I turned my back on Jesus Christ. I lived four years of my life. And while I was saved, I had put Jesus Christ out of my heart and mind. And you know what? I know people that say that they're saved. And if you asked them about their salvation, they could give you all the right answers. But you look at their life and you can see it's obvious that Jesus just really doesn't... He means something to them, but He doesn't mean that much. Not enough to serve the Lord. Not enough to go to church. Not enough to tithe. Not enough to witness. Not enough to live righteous. Not enough to say no to the flesh. So many people uh, may be saved like I was, but they really don't have room in their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thirty-some years ago, I got tired of wandering around in this life, and I found out that the pleasures that this world has to offer were only for a season. I found out that while I loved the world, the the world never did love me back. And I found that there was someone that would love me unconditionally, someone who did so much for me on Calvary's cross, And I finally came to my senses like that prodigal son and realized that I need Jesus Christ back in my life. I've been serving the Lord since I was 20 years old. And listen, life hasn't been perfect. I haven't been perfect. But I look back at the heartache and the emptiness of those four years of wandering out in the wilderness, and I can say, praise the Lord, Jesus Christ has had a major, major impact on my life. I thank God for Jesus and what He's done for us. Listen, we need to celebrate the natural affection of godly mothers, but we also need to celebrate the spiritual affection of our great High Priest, the One who loves us and died for us and does so much to protect us and provide for us, just like, and then some, a godly mother. If you're not saved here today, then you need to know that Jesus loves you and He wants to save you. You provide the sinner, He's already provided the Savior. If you're a mother here today, listen, don't minimize your role. Don't let the devil tell you that your role as a mother is meaningless. You have great opportunity to express love and protection. You have great opportunity to have impact upon your children. And listen, don't let the world tell you that if you are spending your life making a house into a home, that you're any lesser quality than someone that's making six figures as a businesswoman. Listen, you... God made you and God gave you a place of honor and responsibility. Dads, honor your wives as mothers. Children, honor your mothers. They do so much for you. Don't ever take them for granted. And above all, may we never ever take our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for granted. 
Would you bow your heads with me as we ask the Lord to speak to our hearts through the message today? Father, it is so good to be gathered together here. It is so good to have the Bible, the Word of God that gives us truth. Lord, it's so good to have a Christian godly mother. Thank you, Lord, so much for the mother that you gave me. Lord, I think of so many times that I should have honored her and should have respected her. And Lord, those are just major, major regrets in my life. And thank you, Lord, for helping me to see these things before it was too late. Thank you, Lord, for those last months and weeks that you gave me with my mom. And thank you for every godly mother in this church. And I pray, Father, that you'd bless our mothers, these young mothers that are still raising children. I ask you, Lord, to fill them with the Holy Spirit. I ask you to give them strength and wisdom and grace to serve you. And Father, may we never, ever take them for granted. Lord, if someone here is not saved, I pray that they would get saved today before it's eternally too late. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. This concludes our drive-in service. Thank you for being with us here today. Hope you have a great day with your family. Happy Mother's Day, and God bless you.